So how fast can you run? Last year at the NFL Combine, John Ross, a wide receiver for the University of Washington, ran the 40-yard dash in a record-setting time of 4.22 seconds. Now, how far is 40 yards? Well, from where I'm standing to the outside front curb of the church is about 40 yards. So that means that your portly preacher could possibly run from here to the front curb in 4.22 seconds. Now, I think I can do it. I, I, I think I got it in me. 4.22, I got it. Four minutes and 22 seconds, probably, but, but I doubt I could do it any less than that. I don't have a whole lot of downtime in life, but some of my best downtime right now is uh, hanging out with the other parents at my son's baseball games. Uh, it's just been a really interesting time. The other night, one of our dads was talking. He said, yeah, when I was growing up, I had a coach, and he told me this. He said, DeBose, he said, you're small, but at least you're slow. Then he went on to tell us about another dad talking about his son. He said, yeah, bless my son's heart. He is so slow that if he was in a race with a pregnant woman, he'd come in third. <laughs> That'll be funnier at lunch, I promise. You might be a fast runner. You might be a slow runner. You may not run at all. But all of us have a desire to win. Now, I'm not talking about winning a 40-yard dash competition. I'm not talking about winning a baseball game. Now, I'm talking about a different kind of, of winning. See, my soul and your soul were created with a yearning, a longing to win. Maybe put another way, my soul and your soul, our souls were created. We have this burning, yearning desire for life. We desire life. What kind of life? What kind of life is our soul yearning for? Let's see if we can find out. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. About 740 years before Jesus was born, he inspired Isaiah to write down a, a save-the-date announcement. Now, how in the world could he do that? How, how could Jesus inspire some prophet that was living around Jerusalem to write down a save-the-date announcement 740 years before Jesus was actually born? How could Jesus pull that off? Now, this is what Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 30. I and the Father are one. Jesus was able to inspire his 740-year prequel announcement because Jesus is God. Jesus is God. C.S. Lewis said, Either this man was and is the Son of God or else a madman or something worse. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. I came across a quote this week, or a few weeks ago actually, from Paul David Hewson in my reading, and it led me to believe that he read some C.S. Lewis. You may not know Paul David Hewson by his birth name. You might know him better as Bono, the lead singer of U2. In a book about 13 years ago, 
he was quoted as saying this, the secular response to the Christ story always goes like this. He was a great prophet, obviously a very interesting guy, had a lot to say along the lines of other great prophets, be they Elijah, Muhammad, Buddha, or Confucius. And then he goes on. But actually, Christ doesn't allow you that. He doesn't let you off that hook. Christ says, no, I'm not saying I'm a teacher. Don't call me a teacher. I'm saying, I'm not saying I'm a prophet. I'm saying I'm the Messiah. I'm saying I am God incarnate. So what you're left with, he says, is either Christ was who he said he was, the Messiah, or a complete nutcase. And he says this. The idea that the entire course of civilization for over half of the globe could have its fate changed and turned upside down by a nutcase for me, that's far-fetched. Now, I don't know if Bono is truly born again, as the scripture says, that we're to be born again, but, but I do know that what he speaks is compelling. And I share it with you to, to press us into this reality that because of what Jesus said and because of what Jesus did, because of the mountain of evidence concerning the life of Jesus and the death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus, I will simply say this, you must do something with Jesus. You must. C.S. Lewis said this, you can shut him up for a fool, you can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But there's not a lot of other options. See, it is, it is not rational. In other words, there's, there's nothing that you can do with any rational or spiritual integrity to ignore Jesus. It's, it's irrational to ignore Jesus. So your heart is compelled to know, your heart and your mind and your soul, they are compelled to know that you must respond to Jesus. So what does your heart say about Jesus? Is he a lunatic? Is he a liar? Or is he truly the Son of God? Is he Lord? Jesus inspired Isaiah to write a save the date announcement down. And what did the announcement say? Well, the announcement said that Jesus had been anointed to do something. The word anointed means to be set apart. So what was Jesus set apart to do? Well, in the first part of this announcement, the proclamation is that, that Jesus was set apart to preach good news to the poor and the afflicted. And the second part was that Jesus was sent to, to mend and heal those who have broken hearts. We looked at those the last two weeks. If you missed those, you can go to the website, the podcast, and, and listen to those. But, but here's a third thing that Jesus was anointed to do, that he was set apart to do. Back to verse 1. To proclaim liberty to captives. Jesus was anointed to bring a message of liberty to captives. Now, when we hear the word captives, it's not exactly always a normal part of our daily life. When we hear the word captives, we might think of a person who's been kidnapped or a group of people who've been kidnapped and they're being held captive by someone. We might think of a, a prisoner of war that's been taken captive by an enemy army. But in Isaiah's day, as in our day, 
Captivity did not always mean just bondage in a, in a prison cell, so to speak. See, in Isaiah's day, like our day, there were people who were in bondage to other things. They were in bondage. They were captive to things like money, wealth, poverty, guilt, pride, arrogance, apathy, anger, sickness. They were in bondage to things like stress and fear and worry. They were in bondage to things like bitterness and hatred. Hear any of those words in your life this week? Any of those things that you're struggling with? Are you feeling in bondage to anything like that this morning? If so, then, then please know that Jesus longs to do something for you. Jesus longs to proclaim liberty to you. He longs to proclaim freedom to you. What kind of freedom? Well, true freedom. The only kind of freedom that lasts beyond death. Freedom from sin. That is the winning that your soul desires. That's the life that your soul desires. A life that is free. We have a, a yearning, a longing desire to be free. And the best freedom is to be free from sin. Free from our known and our unknown rebellion against God. Free from any thought, any word, any deed, any attitude that falls short of the perfect love and the perfect justice, the perfect holiness of our perfect God. Free from the penalty of sin that will meet us at death. And it'll do one of two things. It'll either pass over us and pass by us or it will latch onto us for all of eternity. See, that's the, the power of sin. It's, it's not light. It's not momentary. So how do we get that to pass over? How do we get the, the penalty of sin to pass over? How can we be free from sin? How can our soul have what it longs for the most? Well, it's very complicated. It's, it's very difficult to understand, but I'm just going to give it a shot. Here's how. Come to Jesus. Hard, right? Very difficult. Hard to figure out, hard to understand. That the way for the penalty of our sin to pass over us and to be removed is to come to Jesus. To have every single bondage wrapped up in your heart and your mind and your soul right now. All of those different bondages that might be holding you down. The way to be free from those is to come to Jesus. To come to Jesus. Why him? Well, Because Jesus, as Spurgeon says, is the, the very God of very God. Because you've been listening to songs that remind us that Jesus came and he gave his life as a ransom for you. Jesus gave up his perfect life to cancel out the curse of sin and death. Jesus was crucified so that you could win. Jesus was crucified so that you could be free. Jesus was crucified. He truly died. He was truly paid, placed in a tomb. 
that he did not stay dead. Jesus rose from the grave. See, his message of proclaiming liberty to captives, it's not just a message, it's not just a sermon, it's not just a save the date announcement. It has happened, it is done, it is finished, it is completed. And all that's left now is for him to come again and to fully complete his mission. Somebody might say, I don't know that. That whole thing about Jesus rising from the grave, that's, that's just some legend that the disciples made up. I graciously say that is a very odd and, and somewhat irrational observation, considering the fact that the disciples of Jesus were brutally persecuted and executed for their message. John Blanchard said this, men may be prepared to die for a conviction, but not for a concoction. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is not a religious concoction. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is not just a spring Sunday holiday every year. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the very and only hope for your soul to ever be free. There's a release this past Friday reporting that on February 19th, 100 and 10 girls from a boarding school in Nigeria were kidnapped by Boko Haram militants. The report also said that, that all but one of the girls through some back channels were able to be released. The one girl who's reportedly still in captivity, her name is Leah. This is what Leah's dad said. Boko Haram insurgents decided not to release my daughter because she refused to denounce Christ. Why? Why would a preteen, teenage girl, why, why would this young lady refuse to deny Christ? Here's why. Don't miss this. Because even though she's in captivity, she is not a captive. She's not a captive. How? How is this possible? Because in her captivity, she is not believing in a concoction. In her captivity, her heart, her mind, her soul are right now free. And nothing can touch that freedom. She is free from sin. The message of liberty has already been proclaimed to her heart. And Leah said, not a liar, not a lunatic, but he is Lord. And so she's free. Because she heard the song. The song the choir just sang to us. Death is dead. Love has won. Christ has conquered. For he lives. Christ is risen from the dead. Christ is risen from the dead.